Hello and welcome to a totally, totally on-time episode. No time shenanigans happening here. Uh-huh. Totally. Totally. It is on this July day, <laughs> this fine, fine July day, we bring you the July episode, which comes out on the third week of every month. As loyal listeners would know, you know, it's the third, third week of July right now, and that's when this episode is coming out. So don't need, you don't need to pay any bills yet. Like, whatever was due in August, it's, it's third of July, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm not even gonna bother introducing the panel at this point. We haven't had a guest in a while. That's kind of unfortunate, honestly. Nah, it's okay. It's, <laughs> it's, it's good that they don't see the sorry state the Brave Room is in. It's like the floorboards are broken. I'm pretty sure I saw a rat big enough to come out of the ground. It's whatever. But hey! The good thing about this episode being so on time is that a lot of great stuff has happened in the two delays. Actually, yeah, let's talk about those delays for a bit. We'll do a little bit of inside baseball. Basically, the first delay, the first week delay was... No polite way to say this. We were literally too, like, incapable of recording the podcast. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking back of the blur of, I don't know, like, 90 million things on my plate. Yeah, we had embargo after embargo after embargo. I was in Singapore for a couple days. Go check out Saints Row, by the way. That game looks interesting. So we... It was just not physically possible <laughs> to get anything done and also record the podcast at the same time. And the week after that, our editor, Ben, got the big Rona. And so... That happens. So what do you know? But the, the podcast came out on time anyways, by some miracle. <laughs> I suppose. I expected things to slow down post E3. Oh, man, did I lie. Man. I mean, like, when you're working on paycheck, I suppose anything goes and then you're like, whoops! Looks like there is like 50 things in your inbox that needs your attention that you need to filter out. Like, I know we've made fun of the... Like, the internet has made fun of the... What was that guy's name? What, Yandere Simulator guy was spending so much time with emails. But man, do those things take a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, no. There's uh, like, I'm sorry, this is gonna be a reality check for anyone who thinks that, you know, working in video games, there is a level where you get to just play the video game and hire someone. There is not. Like, no matter what the project, there will always be coordination that needs to be with the guy who plays the video games. So I'm sorry, you can't make that your whole personality. You will eventually <laughs> have to learn to not be a But hey, at least we get to talk about the near thing. Did you hear about the near thing? I heard on the periphery of the near thing. It's the greatest thing. So, I'm gonna walk you through the, the timeline for the near thing. So, the near subreddit one day gets a post from a user named SadFutago. And he says that he has found a secret door in the copied city. And I don't know if you know what the copied city looks like in near Automata. It is an all-white place. So if there was a hidden door anywhere in the game, it would probably be there because it's so easy to hide something there. And everyone was like, haha, funny mod, whatever. And then modders came out and said, yo, there are no modding tools that can do this right now because it was a door baked into the building. I guess you can't do anything to the models or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so the first clip he posts out is he opens the door and sees a long hallway. Clip ends there. And then the next day, People ask him and he goes, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll go, I'll go further down the hallway. So he walks all the way down the hallway and he finds a whole cathedral 
and there is a body on an altar who looks kind of like Yona from Near Replicant and what looks like the Shadow Lord and a locked chest. He walks around, he tries to interact with everything, can't, except for the chest which he gets text box and says it's, it's locked. At this point, people start getting suspicious. People start going, wait, sad Futago translates to sad twins. And if you've played any of the tarot games, <laughs> that's a pretty recurring, recurring piece of imagery. And then on top of all that, Yosuke Saito, the, the was he director or producer for, for Replicant, he tweets the article, the first clip of Finding the Door, with something just like endless mystery or something like that, and then tweets a second article and says, this sounds like something Taro would do. <laughs> and Yoko Taro, meanwhile, gets asked and he says, please check my bio, and his bio says, I will not answer your question. <laughs> so, basically, like, they, these are really, really interesting answers to, to give. Like, the fact that, that Saito in particular is commenting on this, like, everyone goes, okay, this sounds like viral marketing. <laughs> and the fact that it's Yoko Taro is part of the reason that, that this, this viral marketing theory floated for as long as it did. So, after that, Saito Taro next day posts another clip. He, because he was playing as A2 before this, now he switched back to 9S and he goes to the, to the locked chest and he opens it. He opens it and after he opens it, he finds a file for a character, uh, he finds a file for Yona. And I should point out like the, the Yona model that was in the church was the replicant model because she has a little bracelet on her wrist that was a new design thing they only added in replicant. In replicant remake, yeah. Then the Shadow Lord attacks and kills him. The next day he goes, I figured out how to kill Shadow Lord. And it's really, it's really clever. Basically every day he made just a little bit more progress and then found a new wall to be stuck at. And then one day, instead of posting a video, he posts a bunch of images. And they're all this like really, really creepy stuff. It's like a lunar tear and, and a bunch of like upside down statues and stuff. And each one has a letter attached to it. Like each post has a letter. And finally his bio updates to, to say twitch.tv slash xenia34. And if you, if you go to Twitch, the Twitch link, it says conclusion. Finale to be exact. Oh yeah, it was, fin it was finale, yeah, it was finale. Then he makes a post on Reddit and it's just like, Hey, ending in 3 hours. Like, please go to this Twitch link. So everyone goes to the Twitch link. We all tune in, we're all just like, oh man, it's so hype. It's like... <laughs> oh, cause, yeah, because the photos he posted were dra was Dragon Guard stuff. So people are like, oh man, this is gonna be like, new Dragon Guard or whatever. Unfortunately, the twist came in, it was indeed modding. But it was the announcement for new modding tools for Neo Automata that were way more sophisticated than any modding tools that existed before. So you had like the ability to alter the, the model, like the actual geometry model stuff. You had scripting, like you had scripted cutscenes and events and stuff. Basically, expect a lot of Neo Automata Aero game mods. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing, some people were mad, right? Some people were naturally being like, oh, I can't believe this was all a prank. I think that was the greatest week of video game news we've <laughs> ever had. Like, do you know... Okay, listener, listener, I want you... First of all, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Secondly, <laughs> do you know how depressing this job is? I feel like every day, another studio is getting bought up, getting into crypto, or, <laughs> or getting discovered to be like some sexual abuse hotbed that also crunches its employees. Like... The amount of bad video games news like vastly outnumbers the good video game news. I mean like actual news, not not you know, like Fate Goers having another banner kind of news. <laughs> so the idea that for one whole week 
everyone was just like, what's going on with the door? What's going on? You know, everyone on the new sub was excited. And the fact that, you know, in hindsight, obviously there were reasons to believe that it wasn't going, it wasn't going to be the thing. Like one of them was that the kanji was wrong because there's a fountain, one of, there's a fountain from near replicant that appears that asks a question and one of the kanji was wrong. And, uh, and a, a lot of basically ask anyone, they'll tell you that they knew the whole time. Uh, and, uh, but it was just fun. It was just so much fun. We were, like the entire community was like, oh, what is this? This is viral marketing. And my favorite thing about it is, is you could literally only do this with the newer series because that series is so f***ing weird. <laughs> and I think on some level, like, I guess the Nier team knew that and that's why they didn't move to kill it. They were just like, yeah, you know, just let, let the kids have their fun. Technology is amazing, dude. It, it is. And Yoko Taro is just this eternal weirdo. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, like, like I said, it was just, it was a lot of fun for everyone to have this nice mystery and then like 12,000 people tuned into the live stream for the big reveal. I remember like my North American feed was like, I stayed up for 1am for this? Nah, man. I feel like if you went into this whole experience only because you wanted a new game announcement, then you are not in it for the right reasons. Like, literally like this is this is the moral of the story of Neo Automata is that people will always find interest in things and you know do things out of interest not not for results so yeah it's a it's it's a it's a fun time well what have you been up to Ken? well I've been up to I feel like just complaining about Genshin and then playing Guild Wars 2 but I suppose like adding more stuff because the other day I'm not sure if it's still up like the humble bundle deck builder bundle so my friend was like hey this seems like up your alley and I think at least three quarters of it was root like so like okay I'm sold I need my retail therapy I'm getting this thing to be fair I feel like deck building and roguelikes are like they they go hand in hand like that those are two genres like made for each other it's like Souls likes and Metroidvanias. Like that game, those gameplays just work. Then out of the pack, I've been playing this Vault of the Void. I believe it's right now it's on early access. I would recommend that because if you didn't like things being too random in roguelikes, then yeah, this one was specifically designed to reduce just about as much randomness as possible if that that could be done. Which and game was this one? Vault of the Void. Ah. Because uh, the premise is that you can see what bosses you're going to fight ahead in advance and then you can plan a route to and then see what you can get from that route as well. And then also like it's basically there's a lot of things that give you control while also still having that more or less random aspect in the distribution and stuff. I found it pretty fun for what it is currently like right now I'm trying to master this bleed deck and just like fling flinging things all around and also it's got a bunch of mechanics that you can keep your cards at hand unless it's specifically you can't and then you can like discard your cards to get energy mm. you the first turn you don't have to defend at all because the attack that the damage you get is called threat so mm. it's like impending so if you can kill the boss before your next turn then you will not get that damage so it's it's actually pretty fun. I will recommend it. Oh man, I, I really want to get into more of this deck building kind of... Like Neon White, that game looks amazing. And I want to play it. 
but it's just like for card-based action games it's always been like so hard for me to get into because i'm not a very tactical person <laughs> go unga bunga dps let's go yeah exactly like even even yugioh like i don't have a complicated combo I, okay that's a lie i play, I play heroes <laughs> that combo is a, heroes in yugioh are like the weirdest things because they have the highest level of combo elaborateness for the least amount of results <laughs> like there there are so many like combos you can build off of heroes my friend i just used the term hero bullshit to describe it but like really the cards you want are master hero dark law and now destiny hero destroy phoenix enforcer you can make sunrise if you want he's kind of just there absolute zero i call him my suicide vest <laughs> He's great. He's, he does nothing while he's on the field. I think he gains attack for every water monster you have. But the moment he leaves the field, he he nukes the entire board. Like and the so Yu-Gi-Oh is like very very terminology driven, right? So for some cards, it's when this card is destroyed. For some cards, it's when this card is discarded. Ab Zero does not use either of those terms. He specifically uses when Ab Zero leaves the field. So for whatever reason, as long as he was once on the field and no longer on the field after that. You get your explosion. The the thing, the best combo you run with him is this card called Mast Hero Acid, and basically Mast Hero Acid has the ability. You have to use, summon him using a spell called Mast Change. I think like Carmen writing. It literally Mast Change causes one of your cards to henshin. So Mast Hero Acid's ability is when Acid enters the field, then nuke the uh, nuke the back row. Ab Zero nukes the front row. Acid nukes the back row. So you will literally get a free board wipe. <laughs> So what what I like to do is I will you can keep mass change face down and during your opponent's turn open it up and then get the free double double white. It's delicious. It's stupid and it's very easily negatable. <laughs> uh, story of my fucking life. Uh, what were we on about? We were talking about deck builders. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I really want to get into more deck builders. Unfortunately, it's like like you said or like I said. Deck builders and roguelikes go hand in hand, and I do not like roguelikes. <laughs> Aside from Hades, and that's just because everyone in Hades is hot, and Returnal because Returnal is basically a HR Geiger game. HR Geiger. Alien. Ah. I don't care. It's not a Geiger game because Geiger just did the visuals. It is a Ridley Scott game because it, yeah, it is literally the space jockey scene from Alien turned <laughs> into a game. But yeah. It's a. Uh, I'm. I'm glad you got your retail therapy. As we speak, I have just bought Massage Freaks, <laughs> which is an aerogate that somehow. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. I'm. I'm gonna call it right now. I don't care what the reality of it is. I will 100% take credit for this. So a f- couple weeks ago, we get news about aeroge coming to Switch. Which, by the way, for people saying this is the first aeroge, shut the fuck up. No, it's not. <laughs> Switch has plenty of aeroge. You just don't know where to look. It's just not in the Mario section. So we reported on Massage Freaks, a Japan-only aeroge coming to the Switch, which features such features as rhythmic gameplay and NTR mode. <laughs> it's a, NTR mode is a really clever pun. I can't remember what it actually stands for, but it's not the NTR you're thinking of. But it makes for a great headline, huh? And as we covered it, it did really well for us. Like we were watching, like lots of people were reading our article, and then a couple of weeks later they go, "Hey, we're releasing on Steam <laughs> in English, mind you. It's got an English release. It's called Beat Reflex, like Beat Reflex, but without the X, I guess, because it's the safe for work version." Uh, 
<laughs> and to my knowledge, you know, outside of Gematsu, we are, I think we're the only, if not, we're definitely the biggest outlet that, that covered this game. So you're welcome. We brought Eroge to you, the people, on PC. You no longer need to buy the dirty Switch console. And you can bit of Eroge. And you can get the patch to uncensor everything. Oh, no, 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 we don't we, we don't talk about we don't talk about listen, listen, listen. The Steam version of Beat Reflay completely follows the Steam guidelines and does not contain sexually explicit content. Now, we are told there may be a mod somewhere, <laughs> somewhere out there. <laughs> Maybe the publisher's website. <laughs> All you need to do is to Google search or go on to GamerBraves.com and search Massage Freaks. Listen, 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 listen. What do people talk about when, when they talk about Skyrim? They talk about the mods. What do people talk about when they talk about Fallout New Vegas? They talk about the mods. <laughs> what did people, everyone who played Stray do the moment it came on PC? They got to modding. We have published articles about mods in games plenty of times before. <laughs> All we did for Beat Reflay is also recommend a mod. <laughs> 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 For a game that totally complies with Steam's guidelines. As it says, it complies completely. In fact, there is no links to any kind of content that might otherwise <laughs> otherwise break the terms. You're welcome, internet, is my point. And yes, read our article because we do make some suggestions for good mods that you can use to play period. <laughs> I haven't Hi, had a time. Highly recommended. Haven't had a time to play that game yet. I really want to though. There's so many good games out right now. Yeah, like for example, the glowing review for Digimon Survive. Oh yeah, yeah. We we are not the people who should be talking about this because neither of us have played that game. I've read spoilers about it though. I gave <laughs> up. Like as great as that game is, like I do not have the time to sit down and play an 80-hour visual novel. It was 80 hours. I don't know, but I'm assuming it has all the telltale signs of an 80-hour <laughs> visual novel. That game sounds amazing. We can't talk too much about it because spoilers, but basically when they said people die, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. So don't, don't look that up, otherwise you're pretty much guaranteed spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just, uh, just take the hit for now. You you can you can uh, I don't know cope later. I'm glad though. I'm I'm glad we're getting like a good Digimon, a new good Digimon game. Like that that is like actually new, not just you know like because we got a spiritual successor to Rumble Arena in like a, I think early 2010s. Uh, it was. <laughs> we got Digimon World New Order, which was okay actually. But you know, it's a Digimon World game. Digimon World games are... I do not know who to recommend them to because <laughs> everyone I know who I could recommend Digimon World to is already playing. <laughs>
is already knows about it because it's such a hyper specific genre it's like a monster collector yesent <laughs> i don't know about the other the other world games but new order in particular follows digimon world one where basically everything you do increases certain stats for your digimon and then they have a timer for when when they're ready to evolve again then after that timer they will evolve based on what what stats they've accrued and if you didn't accrue enough stats for any evolution, they die. Woo! It's basically basically it's like rookie form has a has like a lifespan of like three days or something. It will, and I think it's like they have a lifespan of five days, and they will be ready to evolve after day three. So between three and five, you have you have to accrue enough stats to to level them up. I play that game on easy because you do not get enough points to evolve on normal mode. Like in normal mode, your pristine Digimon is built on the corpses of hundreds of hundreds of hundreds <laughs> of Digimon. Like he is reincarnated so many times. So yeah. This sounds like a horror story honestly. It's a, it's a raising sim. <laughs> I'm at the last dungeon of that game and stopped because my mega level Digimon were starting to wheeze. The wheezing is the sign that they're, they're going to die in like the next like 20, 48 hours or something like that. So it's just like, oh boy, I don't want to like go through, like I'm not going to finish the dungeon in one day and I'm also not going to, I don't want to go through the raising process again of getting them up basically. So yeah, that's how that works. Whoa. Actually, I do I do want to talk about one more game. Yeah? Oh, well, we got an early look at Rollerdrome. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, your dearly beloved. Listen, man, Roll7 has like quickly become one of my favorite developers. Like, oh my god, is that game beautiful? It's like, we, we saw it at the state of play that was right before E3. And it was just like, yeah, Ollie Ollie World plus gun. <laughs> Except for, because Ollie Ollie World is like Sonic the Hedgehog, where it's, you know, you're getting from point A to point B and it's about optimizing your traversal. Rollerdrome is an arena instead, so it's, there's no end point, but you, you gotta kill everyone. And like every decision in that game is made to make that process more fun. Like, for example, you can hip fire guns. A little grey box will appear to say what you're currently soft locked onto and when you hit fire it will automatically shoot that. So you can you can get into a situation where two dudes fire like giant beams at you and you skate up a half pipe as the beams like fly past you and four rockets will like try to get you in the air and you shoot them out of the air with your pistols before like uh before like shooting the dude to fire the beams at you in the first place it is the most like rad game i have ever played i can hear those neurons firing from here it's great like after even after like we we published the preview article i went back and like played the preview build and tried to like s rank as i think is physically impossible until i beat the game or, or something but i i tried for a rank at least and i got decently close like the because the levels are like designed like a tournament so it's like you have the quarters and then semis and then final so i got like the first stage of that i think it's called I can't remember what the first the first group of stages are called, but I got I managed to A rank all of those. Then after that, um, yeah, and it's got my other thing. It's got the Devil May Cry feeling. Uh, in Devil May Cry, you will play like I don't know. On, okay, so Devil May Cry has you have human, Devil Hunter, and Son of Sparta, right? So you will play, you know, you you maybe you'll play a Devil Hunter. So whatever. Then uh, you play Son of Sparta, and you get your butt kicked on Son of Sparta because there's so many enemies. 
like you won't lose the level, but you'll clear it with like a D or something. You barely made it out with a skinny teeth. And you're like, fuck this, I need an ego boost, I'm gonna go back to, to Devil Hunter. And you find yourself getting bored in Devil Hunter mode because Son of Sparta has like so many enemies that you could keep the combo going forever. But suddenly with Devil Hunter, you're like, I'm gonna do this. Not quite as many as I wanted. Why does this stage only have three marionettes? Like <laughs> you, you find Rollerdrome has that exact same problem where the second stage, the levels that were in the preview, because it wasn't the whole thing. That second stage is so hectic because they introduce an enemy that is basically the blitz from Devil May Cry 4. It is this dude with a giant laser cannon and when you, if you shoot him once he will teleport toward the other side of the stage and then try to snipe you again. So on top of that there's another dude who has a shield and shoots mines. So he'll throw mines out in front of him and then he has another attack that's like a it's like a mobile, you know, those cone attacks. He's got one of those as well. And then you've got a third dude who fires homing rockets and after he takes one hit he will throw up a force field for a few seconds. So having all three of those jerks on the field at the same time. Oh and there's a sniper dude, yeah. He uh, locks onto you and, and then snipes you. Having those those four jerks, not just on the field, but a lot of them, <laughs> like turns Rollerdrome into such a hectic game that when you go back, to, like I went back to the first level thinking it'd be a cakewalk, I had no idea how to keep my combo going anymore. <laughs> because like the first level is like two snipers and a bunch of like regular melee mooks who aren't really threats, they're just free health pickups basically. It's just like why? Like it was harder to think about keeping the combo going than it was like surviving. So yeah, that game, I am very excited. It comes out next month in August because it is July right now. <laughs> August 16th, I'm very very excited for that game. Roll7, like it is such a weird thing because developers don't usually put out two games in a row like in the same year and let alone have them both be like like potentially 9 out of 10 games because like yeah Ollie Ollie World was amazing, the DLC was amazing, Rollerdrome looks to be pretty freaking amazing <laughs> and also yeah it's got that uh, Soviet era art style that I really like. I'm, uh, I'm very hyped for that. So you gotta survive, survive the upcoming weeks. Gotta survive the upcoming weeks, yeah. I and you know if you want more of my thoughts on, on roller drums, do check out the article because yeah, I poured a lot of like I poured so much love into that article that roller drum senpai themselves noticed me. <laughs> <laughs> this that game's just good, man. Again, like, do you know how depressing this job is? Do you know how many times you play a game and because as a critic, you have to be fair to games, right? But. Anyone who says they like all games is a dirty, filthy liar. You will always have like that personal bias. Like for example, I don't particularly like narrative games. I don't like games that are about the narrative experience, so I don't like Last of Us. But a Rollerdrome was just like, oh no, there's no allowances that need to be made here. This is a game about everything I like. The only way I could have liked Rollerdrome more is if they somehow rationalized having an air dash in that game. <laughs> Even then, the ground dash you get is pretty good. You can change directions by just rolling in either direction. Anyway, add, add that in for the full build. So, oh my god, if, if it turns out the full build of Rollerdrome has an air dash, I think I'll just fly over to Roll7 <laughs> and, and hug them myself. <laughs> just be like, knocking on the door. Just be like, thank you for adding an air dash. I don't know why roller skates need an air dash, but thank you for adding it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, no one thought Doom Eternal would have an air dash, and then there it was. 
and it's retroactively ruined Doom 2016 for me <laughs> because my soul is bound by gravity in 2016. Meanwhile, in Eternal, you're just jumping around. It's literally just Dante's trickster. You're just dashing around like a moron. Great. Oh yeah, and Monster Hunter is really good. Surprise! Monster Hunter is really good. <laughs> it is so hard to write reviews for Monster Hunter. Because Monster Hunter is the same, it's exactly the same as the Digimon World problem. Everyone who wants to play Monster Hunter is playing Monster Hunter. Like, I don't know, do you, do you like really really good grindy games? Then yeah, and it's even worse in the case of Sunbreak because Sunbreak isn't even a game, it's an expansion. It's just like, did you play Rise until, until like, uh, the, the true ending of the game? Then you probably like Sun... <laughs> you, you probably already have Sunbreak? Yeah, it's such a, it's such a weird thing to, to write about these expansions because they're always like, like, because the expansions are late game. It's the same like you wouldn't really need to do a review for Endwalker for 14, for example, because like if you've already played that much 14, chances are you're in for Endwalker. You people don't really skip expansions, and and yeah, with Monsanto as well, you don't really you don't skip expansions. You skip the main game. <laughs> like I understand people who well, maybe might skip Rise, but I don't I don't think if you skipped Rise, you were ever going to like come to Sunbreak. So yeah, weird weird stuff. But yeah, Sun Sunbreak's really good. Malzino, his thing about Sunbreak, and I, I won't run this too long because podcasts are running a little long, but it feels like Monster Hunter 4 2 because the plot feels very. And on one hand, though, all Monster Hunter games have the same plot. <laughs> Uh, you, every, anyone who's paid attention to the Monster Hunter stories will tell you it is always the same thing. It's big monster upsets the ecosystem, and you have to do. But it's the way that it works in Sunbreak feels like the way it works in in Four because Four is Gormagala. Gormagala emits a virus that's making everyone go crazy, and then when you get Gormagala's armor set. No, no, for 4, I think it was, it was just a mechanic in the game. You could be, it was a status you could get called Frenzy, that you had to play hyper-aggressive to beat the Frenzy and you got a buff for it. But you got a debuff if you couldn't clear it in time. Like if it, there's a timer until it procs and when it procs then you, you get a debuff if you didn't clear it in time. So Sunbreak, the flagship monster is called Malzeno and it is literally... Gormagala is like a huge dragon with like a, a flowy cape. Malzeno is a huge dragon with a flowing cape. <laughs> and its whole thing is that it, it is in a symbiotic relationship with these things called curios, which are like vampire bats, because Malzeno's whole theme is being a vampire. And these curios are going around like whenever they drink blood from other monsters, it makes them go crazy. And when you kill Malzeno, you can build its armor set, and it has an armor skill where you you build up curios and then you do you do more damage damage where you have to play more aggressively to not die from the curious. Seems very familiar. <laughs> uh, the final boss of Sunbreak also has a version of that um, as well. And because Gormagala is also in Sunbreak, you can build this obnoxious armor set that basically kills you but boosts your attack really high because Frenzy is now an armor skill in Monster Hunter. So you can build an armor set that like just constantly drains your health. But if you can do big damage, you get it all back. My point is you can be the Berserker. The, you can be the Berserker armor from Berserk. It's great. But yeah, no, this has been a very, very stacked month for, for video games is my point. And we do not have time for all of it. In fact, this podcast is already running a little long. <laughs> Just remember, when you're playing Massage Freaks, which is the only game I think you absolutely need to play this <laughs> one. First of all, support the modding community, download the mod. Uh, <laughs> and secondly, you're welcome. You're welcome, English. <laughs>
This has been another episode of The Brave Room. Uh, we will be back in August, hopefully. You know, third week. Third week of August, which is, you know, four weeks from now. Because this is July. It is the third week of July when this episode comes out. And then I'll be celebrating it was the 10th anniversary, I suppose, by then. I will be depressed because evil will come and go. And no Elfelt will be announced. <laughs> Oh, but at least you got financial instability to look forward to, I suppose. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We we have that to look forward to as well. Oh boy, this has been another episode of the Brave Room. Take care, guys, and yeah, come come hang out in the comments. By the way, you know, let let us know what you think about overly protracted bits that are not that that only get funnier and funnier because I say them more and more. <laughs> hey, did you hear that Moses killed the dinosaurs? Oh uh, yeah, sure did. Yeah, man, it's the funniest shit I ever heard. <laughs>